Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Today's actually a really special day. The day we're recording this is September 30th, and on October 1st, 2022, I'm releasing the uh, Mindset Boosters app, and this app will let you decide how you want to feel or act in any situation. So on a particular day where you're not feeling the magic, not feeling the confidence you want, listen to a track. It shows you how to use your mind in a different way and literally get the dial for confidence and go from a 4 out of 10 to a 10 out of 10 and go into that meeting and kill it. 50 tracks helping you in 50 different areas of your life. It's going to be a game changer for humanity. At least my mom says so. But today, we have the privilege of having uh, Thomas with us today. He's a realtor at the center of the universe, New York City. Thomas, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on. And one of the things that we need to be as you know, citizens of the world is freaking flexible. We were recording, and we had the best interview ever, and then the internet gods said goodbye, and it went. And we're just like back at it like it never happened. And that, I think that's what we really need in this day and age is because change is coming fast, things are going to go sideways, and it's the ability to be resilient and bounce back and just ignore the thing that's getting in the way of what you're doing. Uh, and just move on is going to be critical. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's you have to compartmentalize the different things in your life and not let the emotion of one thing bleed over into another. Uh, or just at least in real estate, for sure, you're going to have a lot of a lot of opportunities and maybe context that you know not every every time everything is going to work out, so to speak. And uh, if you let that drag you down, if you let that. Let, it will. It, it, it will, right? If you, if you let that define your outlook, that's the energy you're going to project, and that's that's ultimately going to repel opportunities instead of attract more. So, before we got rudely disconnected, we were talking about maybe a bright future where there will be specialization. So, let's say I'm a very social person. I meet a ton of people, and I'm not so good at the other parts of real estate. I can do it, but I don't have joy there. But I'm a rock star at this thing. And I could just start finding opportunities and say, hey, Thomas, would you like to partner with me? I'm going to find you a a listing and then you take it all the way home. And Thomas says, yes, I'm going to do that. And we collaborate to do that. Here's a question for you, Thomas. Is at the end of it, who keeps that client as, you know, uh, does it become a Thomas client where they're like, Thomas is going back to say, hey, any more listings? Or does Umar get it? Or is it a free-for-all? Or do we make that decision beforehand? How would you kind of frame that up? That's a really great question. And at, uh, at one point, I was putting a team together designed around this concept. And that was one of the key things that had to be established. And the way I designed both the pay splits and the uh, ownership of the client, so to speak, was first of all to try to organize everybody underneath one team, which I think if you are, if you're splitting between multiple teams, this can get a little bit trickier depending on how much everybody's doing. But ultimately, there's one agent who takes responsibility for the client from a holistic standpoint. 
Uh, and I think that's yes. something to not be missed usually, or oftentimes that's going to be the person who, who, who sells the, the customer on the concept of working with whoever he's going to connect them to work with. But sometimes if you just have a great network and you're, you're just doing the handoff, it might be the next agent who is sort of assessing them and setting up their tours and, and doing, doing the majority of that stuff. Uh, or just that second agent holds responsibility, yeah. but you do need to define that right away. And again, there's th that one agent who takes responsibility from steps A to Z. It could be the case that a lot of work is done. The client gets cold feet, still wants to work with the agent. For those specialists, they may have just dipped, dipped their toe in for one segment. For that one other agent who's taking responsibility, you can't really just walk away from the client over something like that. And you're, you're sort of in it for the long haul also. True. And one of the things, once you sort that out, and it could be that, you know, I'm the one that brought in the listing. Uh, I've got a relationship with that uh, homeowner. And as I look, Thomas, what we're going to do is for the next five years, any real estate transactions that they do, I get a percentage of. After five years, it's all yours. And the chance of somebody doing a deal in five years, like selling a house and moving on is few and far between anyway. And it could be just a way of just uh, defining. But that's the area that we're coming to, I think, where we've got specialization and getting people to be masters at their domain in those things. And I think uh, uh, there's lots of collaboration in other parts of the world when it comes to graphic design and printing. And you can have somebody in Sri Lanka and somebody here in the U.S. And this is a brave new world. So you started in real estate uh, four years ago. Uh, and then at some point during that journey, you decided, I want to build a team. What year did you decide to build a team in terms of, was it the first year, second year into the business? It was a... Coming into my second year, I, I spent my first okay. year. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. So you probably saw some other teams around you. Uh, which team did you see around you that you went, oh, my God, that guy that set up the team of that gal, they're doing an amazing job. I want to do that. Was there a role model out there that you kind of uh, went, uh, inspired you to start a team? There were a lot of, there's always a lot of teams in the, the rental world, particularly because of the previous issue we were discussing of the person who manages the larger relationship with the landlords. However, where I was working, I was actually more motivated by the lack of a central coordination uh, between me and my colleagues and feeling like really the more efficient way to attack the market was to organize as a team and specialize people and split up these deals. And rather than having five agents chasing the same three clients, have five agents split up the work of all three clients, increase the quality of the service those clients are going to get. And also all those agents now close a deal instead of usually it's the top one or two agents who are going to close that deal. You know, what's kind of interesting, it kind of reminds me of uh, Hewlett Packard, you know, which is one of the great American companies. Uh, back in the day, I, was, I think it was Hewlett, uh, became the undersecretary of defense, his way of giving back to uh, you know, the country that allowed him to be so freaking successful. Mm -hmm. And the first thing the guy did, which was like idiotic and, and amazingly patriotic, was every single HP contract that the Defense Department has, he canceled it. Wow. And he said, you know, hey, I don't want any kind of hint of impropriety. So I'm basically going to stop any new business and some of the old business that since I'm here, we can't do that. And it hurt the company. And they had to lay off 10% of their workforce. And what they decided to do was say, look, I can't, you know, have Thomas be unemployed when I'm working there. So the employees came together and said, why don't we all take a 10% pay cut? And everybody stays at work. And that's what they did for like two years until mm -hmm. they kind of righted themselves and moved on. 
And that sense of selflessness and coming together is pretty amazing. And I think that's possible in this brave new world. So, so you started this team and uh, how many people did the team grow to? And what was the first hire that you made? The first hire I made was actually one of the first clients who signed a lease with me uh, from the year before. I had brought up the idea to him while we had been touring around and he followed through on getting the license and the concept, I guess, really took off with him and he, he brought in some people and we ultimately had seven people in the process of getting their licenses or that had got their license and were starting to, uh, starting to really get going and then lockdown hit. And so it sort of, oh, sort yeah. of threw that project into chaos and that, that turned into other things, but that, that was a really exciting, exciting buildup we had going for that team. And I'll, I'll add something to, to what you said before about sort of the, the selflessness of employing more people on the same number of deals. It is appealing from that angle. However, it's also appealing simply from a competitiveness angle, which is really at the end of the day, and in, in, there's so many opportunities, there's a certain number of transactions that's going to happen in every market. And if you're winning a good amount of those, if you're doing well competitively, even if you're on a larger team, there's plenty of, of riches to go around in the sense of splitting commissions up and things like that. And so the second part of putting that sort of a team together is, you know, we're not just going to keep those three clients and split everything up and, and be happy with that. We want to turn those three clients into, into 30 clients and really own that share of the market. Absolutely. And I think it's just very much, if you can get uh, one of the problems that realtors have more so than other folks, because there's just so many freaking many of you, they can go to a networking event, throw a rock, hit five realtors, no problemo. Uh, so it's like, how do you articulate your value to customers? To customers, it's like they hear the same spiel from everybody. So how do you uh, set yourself up as being, because you're a unique individual, but how do you articulate the value of you versus everybody else? That's a great question. I have always led by being brutally honest upfront in terms of the, both the pros and the cons, it's almost counterintuitively. I almost try to sell the person out of working with me. And so then by the end of that assessment call, if they want to work with you, they certainly want to work with you. I go through the fees. I go through, this is the ways that working with me could cost you more. This is ways that it is going to benefit you. I, I very uh, thoroughly articulate my value add and cost and emphasize because i do have i get i get all my paperwork filled out right after we start we start off i emphasize that you know i, I work with a smaller number of clients i really prioritize them and so we're going to be a team if we work together and so it, again it's almost a give them the full picture and it's it's almost less important to convert everybody at all costs and i think more important to make sure the people that you're converting are really sold on exactly what you do Nice. So, you know, the, uh, the entire process of real estate, uh, there's many facets of it. Where's one area that uh, you feel you have a weakness and if you could actually uh, be bolder in that area, it would have a significant impact on your, uh, on your career and your income? Uh, work networking outside of real estate and turning that into more clients within real estate. I, I work nice. almost entirely on referrals from previous clients I've worked with and from a lot of other agents that will refer to me from within my office. Uh, what I don't do as much of where I would choose to focus on otherwise is sort of just, again, the, the extracurricular elements and, and pulling your, your personal networks. Brilliant. So before we part company today, uh, three questions. Number one, uh, what makes you happy? What makes me happy? That's a 
I'm going to say I choose not to define what makes me happy in advance of in advance and sort of as a set idea. And more than that, I, I simply I recognize and appreciate it regardless of of what thing I'm gaining the happiness from. All right, brilliant. Uh, what's one uh, mind hack or shortcut you'd give people that would make them more productive, sexier, sleep better, look better? Like, what's that one thing you want to share that people could apply immediately and go? I'm so glad I listened to this. When there aren't other people around to overhear you, talk to yourself, coach yourself. Don't be afraid to be corny and talk to yourself like you're talking to another person. Yep. That's actually sometimes just articulate hearing it out loud is different than hearing it in your head. And sometimes you get deep insights. I used to work at uh, Hewlett Packard a million years ago. And sometimes someone like you would call in for some tech support issue. And I'd say, yeah, Thomas, tell me what's going on. And then you'd start telling me what's going on. And then you would go, oh, hey, thanks, Umar. That was like totally brilliant. And you solved your own problem. Mm -hmm. All I did was just ask you the question. So brilliant advice. And uh, Thomas, what's a question I should have asked you that I did not? I think you've asked great questions. Uh, what's, I, I don't have one off the top of my head I could think of to ask you to ask. Okay. If you have one more, I'm happy to give you another answer. All right. So one last question is here. Uh, how do you advise other realtors right now, especially people that are actually, uh, you know, selling homes and buy, helping people buy homes, the interest rates are jacking up. How do you get them to kind of stay focused and not lose heart or uh, panic too much? The most important thing for not being overly distressed by external forces is as articulately and exactly as possible defining their objectives, what they're willing to walk away from, what they're willing to spend extra on. And so really getting your own game plan down to a perfect blueprint is going to make you feel the more at, more at ease regardless of what's happening externally. Brilliant. Uh, Thomas, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 